What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We weren't sure if we were going to be with you this week, but both DraftKings and FanDuel have offered contests for the Zurich Classic for the first time since it became a team event. So we're here. We're ready to go. At least two thirds of us are here and two thirds of us are ready to go. Tambo's taking the week off, so we hope he has a good time and enjoys some time away. Uh, but uh, I am Justin Van Zuden. I will host the program as usual. And uh, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, you know him better as Notorious, is alongside me. So we will uh, run through the Zurich Classic this week here. Uh, team event, 80 teams competing. Top 35 and ties will make the cut. Uh, so we'll kind of break down the format and how things are a little bit different this week. And we'll take a quick look back at last week's RBC Heritage. So thanks as always for joining us and uh, bringing noto now derek how you doing yeah doing good well obviously miss tambo uh he's out for charging the batteries which sounds pretty nice we thought we were going to get a week off but um we're here, we're still here grinding and if there's ever a week for tambo i mean this is it all the narratives this week the the team shower narrative the the team chemistry all that kind of stuff which we'll talk about um so that'll be some fun last week man i got nothing right uh no Stewart sink no varner no grillo I, uh, my sweat was pretty much over by Thursday afternoon. How about you? Yeah, it was a rough one. I did have Grillo in my player pool and Connors. So two of the top five, but, uh, uh Sunday only served to like reduce my loss by a little bit, uh, <laughs> after it, it was one of those weeks where, oh, you're just hoping that maybe a few lineups have a chance, uh, after, after Thursday and Friday. So, uh, yeah, just a, a few too many missed cuts in my uh, player pool and, uh, uh, just it didn't all come together last week. And yeah, I didn't have any sync either. And uh, it was pretty much wire to wire for him. I mean, you start 63, 63, uh, about the only mistake he made all week was trying to chuck the ball to the, uh, across the, the green there after he won <laughs> and knocking over a spectator. So, uh, other than that, pretty good performance ended up winning by four and, you know, it was nice to see Varner play well on Sunday too. I mean, that's been his big problem over the course of the, the, the last few years when he's been in contention. So, I uh, know it wasn't a win, but uh, top five for Varner, top five for Mab McNeely too. So uh, those are a couple guys that uh, that could be on the rise. But uh, yeah, it wasn't the great greatest DFS week, even though you know we both like Fitzpatrick, and he ended up rebounding from Thursday to to finish pretty well there. Also tied for fourth in kind of that little group. But uh, yeah, just too many landmines last week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the very top, I mean, team no put. You have Grillo, Varner, Corey Connors, even Sink. I mean, he's never been like you know, an amazing putter. So uh, maybe something to keep in mind for next year's RBC heritage. And it's crazy to think Sink has won twice this year. I mean, he hadn't won since 2009. Now he's top 50 in the world. I mean, I know we talked about him gaining some distance off the tee, but um, pretty crazy um, in his forties, just getting it done. Yeah. So a lot of tweets uh, over the week about uh, there's probably going to be a random uh, drug test notice in his locker, you know, <laughs> just to double check and make sure everything's okay. But uh, it was an interesting cut line sweat last week as well. Luke list moving the cut line, like the second to last player to finish uh, was a little bit tilting for those of us that can't quit Tommy Fleetwood and thought he'd done just enough there on Friday with a 65 uh, only for Luke list to move the cut. And, uh, and I believe Fleetwood, uh, let's see, missed, uh, even though he shot a 65 on Friday, missed, uh, um, missed a six foot, 11 inch birdie on his second to last hole and a 10 footer, uh, on his last hole and needed just one of those to make the cut, but, uh, can't lay Casey, you know, uh, Hadwin, Zach Johnson. I mean, some names that had some ownership last week, Sergio tanked on Friday, uh, just was 
you know, too many of, of, of those landmines out there. And I'd imagine you maybe had one or two of those guys in your main lineup last week. Yeah, I had Cantlay, and then I don't even remember who else. Uh, quick memory for me, I don't really want to <laughs> dwell on I know, on that. same. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to dwell on last week too much. So uh, we'll move on from that wonky event, uh, moving to another wonky event. So Zurich Classic team event this week, uh, 80 teams. I mentioned this at the get-go, but 80 teams, 35 and ties will make the cut, uh, and they play – Two, they play one of the first two rounds uh, where each player plays their own ball uh, and you take the best score of the two. And the other two rounds, they play alternate shot where scoring you know, won't be quite as good. Uh, but generally in the past, I mean, even when this was just a, a regular PGA Tour event, uh, was a tournament that often yielded pretty good scoring. So particularly in the two rounds where you're going to see you know, each player play their own ball and you take the best score, uh, I mean, we're going to see a lot of birdies here. So... Uh, is that, you know, really what the, the, the primary factor we need to look at is just guys that are going to be able to make birdies? I mean, I think so on paper anyway, but uh, the alternate shot certainly interesting. Guys with like different styles of play might, uh, you know, be at a little disadvantage. Guys that uh, are paired with a bomber and a shorter hitter off the tee, you know, maybe uh, the bomber leaves the guy that's uh, typically in the fairway, you know, in some bad spots off the tee. But, I mean, all these things are just uh, – <laughs> You know, conjecture on our part. We don't really know what to expect. Um, this is the first time we've had to handicap this thing. So we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants. Um, but for the most part, yeah, if you can make birdies, you're going to be in a good spot. And a lot of it's going to come down to timing as well. Um, you want to have your birdies on separate holes during the best ball days, because if you both eagle the par five, it's only going to give you one eagle. But uh, if you eagle one uh, and double and, uh, and on the same hole, then you're going to get the eagle too. So um, it's a little bit of luck involved. Um, we've seen some very weird um, Guys play well at this event in the past. I think you had Matt Everty up there in 2019, the last time they played. Uh, John John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, obviously the defending champs. But, uh, you know, the guys with the best course history, Scott Brown and Kevin Kisner. So uh, definitely a weird mix of golfers having success here. And uh, it's a P-Die course, TPC Louisiana, uh, 7,400 yards. There are four par fives that are very gettable. And then all the par four, all the par threes are over 200 yards. So I think there's going to be a lot of approaches over 200 yards. If you do want to look at, um, you know, proximity or scores relative to par from, you know, greater than 200 yards. I certainly don't think that's a bad stat to look at if you're doing some type of tiebreaker, but um, I don't think you have to be long off the tee. I think you probably have to be, you know, pretty good with your irons. And then it just comes down to making birdies, like you said. All right. And yeah, so this tournament was not contested last year, uh, was part of the uh, cuts from the schedule with the COVID pause. Uh, but uh, 2020, or excuse me, 2019 was the year that Rom and Palmer won the last time it was contested. Uh, and just for reference, for those of you who might be wondering, eight under was the cut um, for the top 35 and ties in the 2019 edition. In the 2018 edition, it was five under. Uh, so, you know, you guys you're going to see really low scores the first round when they're using four ball um, formats. So those are, that's the round where you really got to make sure you make some birdies uh, and, you know, get ahead of that uh, cut line a little more difficult to make them up on the Friday round uh, where you're playing alternate shots. So, um, you know, like Derek mentioned, the, the course itself, uh, the par fives are, are gettable. Um, You've got 11 and 18 on the back are both, you know, around 575, 500, 580 yards uh, and two and seven on the front are both around, you know, 550, 560 yards. So uh, in this day and age, if you're in the fairway, pretty much everybody in the field is going to be able to 
to try to hit these greens in two. Uh, 18 does have water running down one side of it, but uh, you know, not like some of the other challenging par fives that we've seen in, in recent events where it almost forces a layup body if you're if you're not in prime position. So um, you're going to see guys attacking this course and uh, and like Derek said, hopefully well timing the birdies uh, when you're you're playing the four ball format on uh, especially starting in that first round on Thursday. So uh, the first thing that we noticed kind of this week uh, when we saw the DraftKings posted contest, I mean, this isn't your normal PGA Tour event where we've got like four or five teams uh, that are priced above 10K. Uh, and for reference, DraftKings has priced all the players separately, uh, but teammates have the same price uh, and you can only roster one of them. You can't roster both teammates on the same roster. So it's basically just to help them with their coding so they didn't have to change all that code uh, to try to put the teammates together for, for one week. So anyway, um, my point here, Noto, is that uh, this is a difficult, more difficult slate in terms of pricing than what we're used to. I mean, it's tough to build a good team. Yeah, it's really tough. Even if you start with one of the two most expensive teams, you're already dipping down into that 7K range. So um, definitely tighter pricing this week. And uh, I will note, um, you mentioned, you know, the price, uh, the the golfers are listed separately on DraftKings. On Lineup HQ, we ended up just taking out, um, you know, half the players. So you can only roster one of them in Lineup HQ. That way you're not building a lineup and then trying to upload it uh, to DraftKings with two of the guys on the same team. So if you're wondering where half the golfers are in lineup HQ, it's just because uh, we only had their teammate in there uh, just to make it easier on you. I do believe we have a note that says who their teammate yeah, is. Yeah. There's a banner where you can click on it and then you can see the full teams or, you know, you can pull it up on one of the DFS sites. Uh, FanDuel has combined the golfers together. Uh, and I believe we, we changed that in lineup HQ to support it for FanDuel. Uh, DraftKings, like you mentioned, we just uh, removed one of the two golfers to to make that uh, scripting work. So, uh, all right, let's dig in then. Uh, we don't have a whole lot uh, at the top. I mean, there's Shoffley and Cantlay are probably the most high-profile team, along with Rom and, and Palmer, who obviously uh, Palmer has gotten a lot of status from this event and, uh, you know, huge results here. So you see a lot of guys maybe treat this as an exhibition, but uh, for Ryan Palmer, it's always one of his best events of the year. So uh, Cantlay and, and X and, and Palmer and Rom are clearly the, the two favorites. Um, they're both around six to one, seven to one, uh, which I don't think is great betting odds. Uh, but, you know, we, we kind of got to balance the, the, the tighter pricing uh, on FanDuel. You're probably playing one of these two teams at the top, but, you know, on DK, uh, in, in say like a cash game build, like, can you start with one of these top two? That was my first thought is just to, you know, play one of the favorites and then build from there. But, um, I think the winning score is going to be 20 under, maybe even a lot lower than that. And so it's going to, you know, increase the value of getting six to six through the cut. If you can get, you know, I mean, it depends on, you know, the six to six ownership, but even if you get five to six and the six to six is low, it's going to be really beneficial this week. Cause there are going to be so many birdies. Um, on the weekend. So for me, I'm going to probably start a little bit lower just to slightly increase my chances of six to six. I don't feel great about a lot of the teams in the 6K range. Um, we'll obviously have to roster some of them, but from a single entry perspective, I'm going to be skipping the very top. Uh, from MME, I'm obviously going to have exposure to both of them. They're both around seven to one in the betting market. Um, you know, rightly so. They're four of the best golfers in the field. You mentioned Xander and Cantley. Uh, this will be the week Cantley ends up playing well because I'm not playing him in my main lineup. I've been on him every single week, the players, the masters, even last week, and uh, ended up burning me. I think he missed the cut all three of those events. Xander, you know Xander's going to play well, um, you know, regardless of the course. So 
those two make a lot of sense. I think they're going to feed off each other. They don't really have a weakness in their game, um, any or in any parts of their game. So I think that'll be nice. And then you mentioned Rom and Palmer, they're friends. They won this event in the past. And Palmer's just had a great season. Um, you know, he's had a lot of top 20 finishes, a couple, three top five finishes already in the, the 2021 season. So they make a lot of sense as well. I uh, just, from a single entry standpoint, I don't think I can get either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It takes your average down to about 7,600 per golfer. If you start with one of them and uh, just go look at some of the teams you start to see down there and you got to then tell yourself, okay, I got to pick five of these uh, makes it, makes it pretty difficult. So I think I agree with your logic there, but we'll definitely have some in tournaments. Yeah. And then that, you know, that goes to the, everybody else that follows like above 10 K you've got Morikawa and Wolf, you know, Wolf is obviously inconsistent. Cam Smith and Leishman, um, you know, they've got some experience playing together. Cam Smith's been playing really, 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 really well of late. Uh, but that, you know, that pairing is over 11K. Wol uh, Watson, Scheffler, Finau, Champ, Horschel, Burns, Willett, Hatton, Kirk, Todd. I mean, all these teams are above 10K. So, again, tighter pricing than what we're, we're used to. Um, why don't you uh, go through a couple of your favorites if you're looking for to maybe start a little bit lower? Yeah, I think my least favorites, uh, the lowest owned that we have right now is Wolf Morikawa. Um, I just don't know where Wolf's game's at right now. I mean, he's had a lot of withdrawals, had the DQ at the Masters, just hasn't shown a ton of upside recently. Uh, Morikawa obviously is going to give his team a bunch of birdie looks. Um, so that does make sense if you want to, you know, take some shares in MME. You're not going to get, you know, 9% ownership on a 10K golfer team very often in DFS. So I don't hate it. I don't mind the Aussie team of Smith and Leishman. They both top 10 at the Masters. And Cam Smith, I mean, he's just been playing great um, for six months now. And he's obviously a pre our previous winner here back in 2017. I think that was a the team event as well. So um, he's got the course history. Leishman played well here individually before they started going to a team event. Uh, so I think that makes some sense. He's obviously got a lot of Ryder Cup experience. And our President's Cup, Ryder Cup. Aussie, so is he? Uh, yeah, what's that? That President's Cup? Yeah, President's Cup. Anyway, uh, Bubba Watson, uh, he's played well here before. I believe he won here a long time ago. Um, and then he's with Scheffler, who's been playing some great golf. So I think that um, is a certainly an interesting combo. Looks like they're going to be fairly popular. Uh, the Bomber, Champ, and Finab, not really sure what to expect there. Uh, and then Burns and Horschel are going to be popular as well. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I, I think my favorite above 10K is going to be Kirk and Todd. Uh, I guess they... Uh, lived together for four years in college. They're really good friends. They both play well on Pete Dye courses, on short Bermuda courses. So uh, they're probably going to be my favorites. And then for tournaments, I don't mind going to Willett and Hatton. I just think Hatton's a great golfer, and um, it's not really reflected in the price. I think Willett can at least get up for a couple of these rounds. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of what people are going to come to. They're going to think, well, I don't want to play Willett. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of these teams, especially as we get lower, you're going to like, okay, one of the guys is okay, but, oh, I don't feel comfortable with that second guy. Uh, just makes that an interesting discussion. And your mention of Cam Smith, uh, that was the first year that this was a team competition. He won with Jonas Blixt uh, right. at 27 under, uh, one in a playoff, a four-hole playoff over Kisner and Brown uh, that year. So uh, that was uh, that was back in 2017. Uh, I like Watson and Scheffler. I, I think for upside, uh, they give you, you know, plenty of, of potential. Um, 
eagle chances on the par fives and uh you know just uh some top five upside there so that's my favorite of the group i uh, do agree with noto's thoughts on on willett and hatton and then that's the one that scares me maybe a little bit to be underweight on so uh, and nice note nugget on kirk and todd as well um Dipping into the 9K range, we got Max Homa and Taylor Gooch in there. Hovland is probably the biggest name that's priced below 10K. Uh, Grace and Varner, uh, Varner coming off a good week last week. Uh, Rose and Stenson, you know, maybe the most name value of the bunch, but uh, trusting Stenson right now is uh, a really difficult decision to, to make. So, uh, and Ustazen and Schwartzel missed the cut here last time, uh, but uh, I believe top five the year before that. So, uh, your thoughts on that 9K range? Yeah, I think for me, I'll, I'll cross out Rose and Stenson. Like you mentioned, Stenson just hasn't been a very good golfer the last couple of years. And Rose, I mean, top 10 at the Masters, but uh, his last three rounds were were taped together with Band-Aids and, uh, and plugging <laughs> yeah, all the holes. A lot holes. more than Band-Aids. <laughs> Heavy duct tape. <laughs> yeah, the gif of, uh, you know, a dam breaking and just trying to plug all the holes. And a uh, <laughs> new one keeps coming out. So uh, for him to just post the top 10 was pretty impressive. But I know those two, you know, a lot of team experience at the Rowdy Cup, but I don't think I'll be on them. Uh, if you want to stick with the shower narrative of Kirk and Todd, you got Hovland and Ventura. Uh, obviously went to college together, played a lot of golf together. Saw a picture of them today when they were like 10 years old playing golf together. So, well, sorry, I was getting a call. So the, they're, they're certainly interesting. It doesn't look like they're going to be too popular. Then you have Homa and Gooch, who both have been playing some good golf. I think it uh, looks like they're going to be pretty chalky, but they make a lot of sense to me. Somebody wants to talk about Hoffman. Yeah. And Sorry, go ahead. No, you're all right. Um, I'll let you take care of that for a sec. So, yeah, I, I think this is an interesting range that's probably going to go under-owned a little bit. I do like the South African narrative with Ustasian and Schwartzel as well. Uh, again, it feels overpriced for Schwartzel, but, I mean, he's – that, that group is cheaper than Stenson's group. So um, I'm with you on crossing out Rose and Stenson there. I do think you probably need to end up with maybe one team from this range. Uh, Steele and Bradley, I think, you know, maybe a little bit safer than some of the other groups. Uh, Peters and Lewis, uh, you know, inconsistent. Um, Benny on, we know super inconsistent and, and Sung JM hasn't been in the best form of late either. So uh, don't love a whole lot of guys in this range. Uh, so, you know, Ustasian Swartzel, Bradley Steele, I'll have some exposure to. Um, yeah, what, what's your take on Joel Damon and, and Lanto there at 9K? It just feels so feels so pricey, but like we've said, it's it's just the nature of the beast here. Yeah, uh, definitely feels pricey and 12%. You're not getting much of a discount on ownership either. Um, you know, Damon's one of those guys had that great victory uh, a few weeks back. It just seems like he might, you know, let off the gas a little bit. Uh, here in the next, I don't know, we just see it so often that, you know, a guy finally breaks through and then kind of has a moment of relief uh, over the next couple months. So I'll be off of him. Uh, I don't mind the South African team of Ustazen and then Charles Schwartzel. And then you mentioned Keegan and Brendan Still, probably two of the better ball strikers in the field. They're going to have a ton of uh, six-foot birdie looks, just whether they can knock them down or not. Maybe <laughs> they can. Cue <laughs> up the very first hole when they both hit to six feet on the four ball and they both miss. Yeah, maybe they can, uh, you know, let loose a little bit and just be more aggressive since they know, you know, they're not all both going to three putt from yeah. 10 feet. So maybe they can just, I don't know, be more aggressive. And that's at least my my hope because I do like them quite a bit. Don't leave it short, right? If you're going to both have a decent birdie look, don't leave it short. <laughs> and they're also uh, really good friends. Apparently they play all their practice rounds together uh, in any tournament that they're both playing. 
Yeah, everybody's scooping up the narratives this week. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like them. I think they're one of the safer groups in this range. All right, let's head into the 8K. Some of the notable groups in there. You got Fratelli and Streelman. Um, Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover's been playing some decent golf of late. Uh, let's see. That is six straight made cuts now. Had that fourth place at the Valero. Uh, decent 33rd place finish last week. Uh, and then Brown and Kisner, plenty of experience here. Uh, really interesting discussion with those two. I mean, obviously, Scott Brown, we've seen almost no form from of late. Kisner hasn't been playing that well either. So what do you make of Brown and Kisner? You value the the history here over the recent form or the other way around? Well, I ran my model and they were like one of the worst point per dollar options uh, just based on stats and all that. But um, I got to like them. They're both very uh, course dependent type of golfers. You know, we saw Scott Brown at the Puerto Rico Open. He's like 10K every time he plays there tops 10 there every single year and then he goes to 6k the next week and nobody plays him um for every reason he likes his course same with kevin kisner he's you know been on record saying there's five or six courses that um you know he thinks he can contend at and he circles them on his calendar and this is one of them so i'm buying into the narrative i do think they'll be a lot higher owned than the nine percent that we have them right now um everyone's just going to be buying into that and there's actually four teams in this um in this field that have played here each of the last three years together. And three of them are in this range. You have Reeve and Glover who uh, I believe they're never missed a cut together. Watney and Hoffman who have never missed a cut together. And then Brown and Kisner. I think they're all interesting. Um, Kisner and Brown are going to be my favorites by a little bit. Uh, and Watney's missed like 11 cuts in a row, which is kind of crazy, but Hoffman has been playing some of his best golf for the last few years. So Maybe he can get Watney going a little bit. I don't think um, I can pull that trigger. I can't. I don't think I can with Watney. It's pretty bad, yeah. Um, and they haven't been very close either. 132nd, 132nd. <laughs> like nothing like right on the number. So, um, yeah, you might be you might be right. Though. He, he closed out last week with a second round 80, so he's getting close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Um, you know, you see Kokrak and Perez right below them. That That sounds a little better. Van Roy, even Van Royen and Wyndham Clark um, and Doug Gim and Justin Suh, I can get behind uh, a little bit. I mean, two kind of young up and coming golfers on the PGA tour. We've seen Gim contend a couple times. Um, you know, that's a group that I really like at 8,100. Uh, and I think they're 70 to one uh, in the betting markets. So don't mind a, a, a sprinkle there. And at Kokrak and Perez feels fairly safe. Uh, they'll probably be one of the most popular teams. So uh, go ahead and round out your thoughts on that 8k range yeah i do like kokrak and perez uh kokrak playing some great golf he's top 10 in the on the pj tour in strokes game putting um this year which is pretty crazy considering he's, a, he's usually one of the worst putters perez uh he was on the golf subpar podcast last week talking about how much he's grinding on his game and he thinks the results are coming around soon so um if you want to build you know another narrative there you go uh, I like the Swedish team, Norlander, Norin, you know, one good ball striker, one guy that's really good with the short game. So uh, kind of opposing skill sets there. I think that's at least somewhat interesting. They haven't played together um, and they haven't played the team event, any of them. So um, no first time for everything, but um, don't mind that. And then I like your game suck call. Uh, I think they're interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely worth a look in tournaments. Let's see, we've got them at some fairly high ownership. So um, not getting super low ownership there, but uh, I like them. All right, as we head into the 7Ks and get ready to round things out, Mav McNeely uh, rebounded last week, mentioned at the top of the show, top five finish there. He's paired with Joseph Bramlett, who has made his last two cuts as well. 
Um, got a couple short hitters there. If you want to buy the, we play the same type of golf narrative with Knox and Stewart. Uh, I think I am off of, uh, I'm off of Knox this week. It just hasn't been there the last few weeks for him. And a little bit of fatigue here from, from playing Knox too much. So I <laughs> <laughs> uh, think I'm off of there. I mean, uh, Neesmith and Seifert are probably going to be the, the chalk value play of the week. I noticed uh, that uh, Noto wrote them up this week as one of his favorite bets. And uh, I put them as my favorite value. And now we've got them as the most popular um, play on the board because this is so tightly priced. And they're one of the values that I think people are going to feel comfortable with. Um, both have shown improving results in the last few weeks and, uh, they're, you know, pretty affordable there at 7,500. So that's my favorite. Uh, what are you looking at in here? Yeah. Face was a tough decision there. You know, my mantra is to always fade the cheap chalk and, uh, they're going to be extreme chalk. We have them at 26% right now, the highest of any team on the entire board. So, uh, they certainly rate out well, you know, Neesmith great with the approach. Seifert doesn't really have a weakness in his game. They've both been in pretty good form. Like you mentioned, and uh, part of the reason why they're so popular is, you know, all the other teams in this range just have one golfer that is in such bad form. You have Spawn, uh, Bramlett. We haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, Roberto Castro hasn't played a ton of golf on the PGA Tour over the last couple of years. You know, he's historically been, you know, a good ball striker. Um, and I like him with Cameron Tringali. I think that's at least somewhat interesting. But I'll have a couple of shares of Knox and Stewart. Um, they did play together here last year, finished T22. I know Knox has been bad. He's been burning us um, a lot, but he has gained strokes on approach in four straight. Um, missed the cut in all of those, but uh, he did gain strokes with the irons. So, uh, you know, they're going to be playing from the fairway. Both those guys really good at, uh, you know, hitting fairways and typically better on shorter Bermuda, Bermuda courses like this one. Outside of that, I'm not really in love with any of these teams. The Keith Mitchell, Brant Snedeker pairing is rather strange. It's uh, very strange. <laughs> that gets my vote as the strangest team. They should uh, they should be required to write a little intro paragraph each team as how they how they uh, you know got to be a team for the event. I, I don't I, I mean I still I, I tried to look to find it to find some connection I, I couldn't find it. Um, I Can you just register solo and then get paired up? <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to play with me. Find me a partner. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I, I they were both born in Tennessee. It was the only thing I could come up with. <laughs> you did uh, deep dive. Yeah, I, I just I I don't know. I, I don't get it. Anyway, Snedeker and Mitchell. I might play some because why not? I I, I want something to to get me invested in following them for uh, hopefully four days, at least two days. Uh, and I never need an excuse. If I'm going to play Keith Mitchell again anytime soon, it might as well be in this weird event. Um, <laughs> buyer beware. Uh, it's as is condition here. We're not, uh, we're not, you know, given any warranties on Mitchell Snedeker. But yeah, that was the one that popped out to me as the strangest pairing. Um, Akshay and, and Piercy got some votes as well. And I saw yeah. Wiley talking about that on Twitter. But I mean, who else are you going to come down here and say that you absolutely like? Like, is there... Is there anybody else? Is there anybody below 7,400 that you think, boy, I, I, this has to be my value squad? Has to be? Definitely not, no. Yeah. Okay, who do you feel okay about? Uh, so <laughs> the guys that rate out well for me are below 7K. You got Scott Stallings, Bryce Garnett. Um, they're both pretty good from the 200-plus range that I talked about. They both have pretty good course history here. They've never played together, but um, they rate out well for me. You have Shank and Duncan. 
who are at least somewhat interesting. They did play together here in 2018. Shane can't and... give you a 50th, though, because only 35 <laughs> make the cut. He's got to try to get his 30th. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that might be his best finish in years if he <laughs> T30s. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And then uh, KH Lee and Stanley both rate out well for me. But, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Um, Peter Uline, shout out to him, won on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, last week really? in in uh, in Vegas at Paiute. I actually played that course, and I think I shot like 150. It was impossible around the greens. So shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one on a one on a course that's a par uh, par a hundred. So, um, well, cool. I hadn't seen that, so that's good for him. He's been at he's been at it for a while. Always had some some promise. Um, Tambo always likes to give me grief about Johnny Vegas, so I'm gonna put him in my player pool as well, uh, just because if he wins, then I can you know I can. Uh, jostle tambo a little bit next week it's worth the equity in that alone uh so go andres romero hopefully he can play uh play well um so romero did win here like 15 years ago and uh <laughs> if you look at their stats they're actually number one in this field and strokes gained off the tee if you take it back long enough romero doesn't really play a lot of golf on the pga tour but it's at least something yeah and he did make the cut in puerto rico a few weeks ago so again at least something um and I believe played well here in, uh, in 19, um, uh, with Julian Etheline, I believe, uh, they finished, you know, or at least made the cut. Um, look, I, I mean, these guys below six, seven K is, is you're not expecting top five, but, uh, you can get some cuts made and, uh, decent, you know, birdies on the weekend. Um, you know, you just never know. So, uh, you're probably including a couple of these in your multi-entry GPP player pool for sure. Uh, Seamus Power has withdrawn, uh, tested positive for COVID. So Zach Sucher is taking his place and playing with David Hearn. Probably don't want to mess with that group, but uh, just in case that affects anybody's lineups. Um, Batia and Piercy, I, I imagine they might get a little bit of ownership just because of the name recognition factor. Any interest there? Yeah, I think uh, they'll probably have like one round where they're minus 10 as a team, and then the next round where they're six over. Uh, I know Batia, he's always one of those guys that you play in showdown, and uh, then you fade him for the full tournament because he just has those crazy rounds where he's sticking it to five feet every hole. So I don't mind him. Um, another strange pairing was Vaughn Taylor and Rasmus Hojgaard. Can't imagine they've ever met before. I mean, <laughs> Vaughn Taylor's like mid-40s. America, Hodgeguard hasn't played many much over here. You know, he's a really young kid. I think he's like 20 years old. Um, really good talent from the European tour. So that's another one of those ones that you just, I don't know. Do we put more stock into team chemistry or do you just throw it all out the window and just play random names? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, down here, here? I, I think they're, you're just, you're just playing random names, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, chemistry can build real quick if you're playing well. Uh, and it can erode pretty quick if you're not playing well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think there is something to be said for the guys that have played here together every year the last three times and, you know, maybe uh, have had a decent run of finishes. But uh, it's pretty unpredictable. I mean, you look at some of the names that have won or finished top five here and uh, embrace the variance a little bit this week. I think it makes some sense. So, Oh, one other team. They have played here all three years uh, together. Kelly Craft, Kevin Tway. Um and they believe pretty well, third and a thirteenth during that stretch. You haven't seen Tway hardly at all. Yeah, he's the Van Ruyen. We're going to see him and Van Ruyen in the same 
course at the same time. They're doppelgangers. <laughs> uh, Tway did make the cut last week. Otherwise, he had not made a cut since October <laughs> on the PGA Tour. Um, it's it, it, it's ugly down towards the bottom. I mean, I I will certainly be following this event a lot more than usual, and I'll uh, get some lineups in there uh, and uh, and have a sweat, but. Um, tread a little bit carefully this week you know some guys kind of just treat this as a little exhibition a little fun uh it's priced you know pretty tight on uh, on dk at least um fanduel is not priced as tight but you're going to see ownership concentrate a little bit more and i'll uh, just have some fun with it this week make some lineups and i mean i'm shocked i am shocked at the prize pools on dk they're huge i mean yeah. you know for them never having offered this before um, you've got a $10 buy-in with 200 K to first, um, you've got a, a 555 with hundred K to first, you got a $44 with 50 K to first. I mean, that's the usual offerings. Um, and maybe even a little bit more in some cases for this time of year. So outside of a major. Yeah. Props um, to them. Um, oh, and I got a prop bet for you. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Woody Austin and Rocco immediate, um, their finishing position over under 78 and a half. There's 80 teams, right? Yeah. Is that seriously a, a prop? I just made it up. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say if that was seriously uh, – I can't imagine. I mean, how old is Woody Austin? Their pictures look real old. They both have pictures on DraftKings, though. Woody Austin is 57. And Rocco is 58. Oh, boy. <laughs> So you're basically saying, can they beat, what did you say, 58 and a half or 78 and a half? Can they beat yeah. two can teams? They beat two? Can they beat two teams? Oh, this I'll is give a very you ties good line. Too. I'll give you ties as well. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no, but <laughs> I don't feel great about it. I mean, you could see, you could see a withdrawal. You could see. On the alternate shot, I mean, on the alternate shot days, you could see somebody post like a 10. Um, it could be, I mean, but it could be them posting a 10. <laughs> you just don't know. Uh, don't play them in DFS. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, it's uh, their their player cards look fantastic because they're making a ton of cuts on the Champions Tour, but uh, uh, don't be fooled by those cuts made. Um, Oh man, I, I'm never. I'm changing my vote. I think they do it. I think they beat at least two teams. Let's go. Let's go, Woody. <laughs> I gotta search and see if there really are any props out there. I think they beat two teams. There's so much trash at the bottom of this field. I think, I think they managed to beat two. Um, it's gonna. That's gonna look silly when they are like in the in, in last by like eight. But uh, that's all right. Well, what a way. What a way to round out the show. <laughs> All right, a little bit shorter this week, but uh, no Tambo and a new event and only 80 teams. Uh, so we figured it'd only be about 30, 40 minutes, and that's uh, right about where we're at. So, uh, again, for those of you watching, we're free now on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Uh, be sure to leave us a, a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Plenty of great Roto Grinders content uh, coming your way through our YouTube channel. And also appreciate those of you downloading us and listening in podcast form after the fact. I uh, hope we can make your... Uh, transit drive or uh you know listen to us uh, as you're building lineups uh, enjoyable and uh, make some money along the way so for noto and the absent tambo and our producer Devin, i am justin 
Have a great week, everybody. Good luck with the Zurich Classic. Hopefully this makes it uh, a little more fun to follow this year and uh, we'll see how it goes. So until next week, uh, where we will be back to normal for the Valspar Championship. Have a good one, everybody. We will see you later.